Well, today we are going to be getting into week two of Believe. Week two of Believe. So last week we opened up this series called Believe, and I kind of exposed the truth that the word lie is actually sandwiched in the word believe, right? The lie is contained within the word believe, and that's true for our lives. Some of us have a belief system that contains lies And that's why we're not living in freedom the way Christ has called us to live. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say one of my statements here. If being a Christian isn't making you freer, you're doing it wrong. That means we've got to be believing a lie within our belief system. There's something going on in our mind and our heart uh, that our belief system may be a little jacked up. And we're going to kind of unpack one of those today. So today's message will be entitled, Believing is Greater than morality. We touched a little bit on it last week about how morality is the God of the church or has been for many, many years. Um, But today I want to kind of unpack what that means a little bit more. Believing is greater than morality. Again, last week we cleared up uh, what believing really looks like as it relates to a Jesus follower. We know that the word believe actually is calling us into action. It's calling us into mobility as the church. It's calling us into something greater other than just an enlightened sense of thinking, right? So, Today, I want us to talk about this in the sense of morality. Now, I don't want you to confuse action or trying or mobility from last week as the same thing as being moral. What do I mean? But see, you say, Pastor Matt, I thought you told us last week we have to do, 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 do. It's calling us to action. But I thought the gospel was done, 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 done. Well, that's your salvation. Your salvation is done. But out of salvation, Christ calls us to action. Let me say it like this. I don't work in order to be saved. I work because I am saved. I don't work to be saved. I work because I am saved. Because of what God has done for me, I want to get into action for other people. So believing is behaving. So again, I don't want you to confuse that with trying to be perfectly moral. Again, morality is not your God. Jesus is. I really hope you get that. There is no amount of morality that you can live out that makes God love you more than he did when you were a ranked sinner. So don't confuse behaving or behavior as morality. Um, In reality, what we're meaning by behavior is this. I do what Jesus did. I do what Jesus did. Okay? So... In fact, in the comments below, let's go old school for a moment, okay? In the comments below, I dare you to type WWJD. What would Jesus do, right? That's some old school stuff there. If you're a millennial, I'm not sure you know what that is. If you're Gen Z, you have no clue, okay? But just trust me, back in my day, that's how we stayed saved. We wore a bracelet that said WWJD, and the gates of hell would not prevail against us. That's that's how we felt. So... So today, we're going to dig deeper. Uh, The camera crew's laughing back here, which I'm totally fine with that. So today, we're actually going to dig deeper uh, in this and learn that our morality doesn't make us savable. I really want you to just hear that. Our morality doesn't make us savable. Now, I grew up in a version of Christianity, as many of you did, where we protested everything. We boycotted all kinds. Disney was the devil. Okay, you didn't watch the Smurfs because someone learned or made up. I don't even know. I never looked it up. I just believed the the lie 
maybe it wasn't a lie, but I believe something bad about the Smurfs, that Smurf meant little German devil, and by the way, the Germans were bad because of World War II, right? And Smurfs were little blue people that ran around that was going to possess our children. In fact, when Harry Potter came out, there was a televangelist that went berserk. I mean nuts. And he made this statement. Your children are going to have to have the devil cast out of them if they watch Harry Potter. And I've, had, now, I've not had to perform one exorcism. So be clear, this is what we did. Why? Because we're grappling for people's salvation and we're not even responsible for our own salvation. Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? You better give me some hands up or an amen in the comments, right? So, what do we do? We become moral police. We become the sin police. We become the flesh police. We even try to legislate sin. Let's create more laws so that people won't go do that. Now, I get our reasoning, right? We want to keep people from doing something that they're going to regret. I totally get it. But I need you to hear this. You cannot legislate holiness. You cannot legislate morality. If I want to sin, I can sin. People say, grace gives you a license to sin. Grace has never given you a license to sin. I don't have to have a license. I can do it freely. If I want to sin, I can sin. If I want to harm someone, I can harm someone. If I want to just fill in the blank, I can do that. Why? It's not a law issue. It's a heart issue. And you cannot legislate the heart. So a couple of days ago, I got a message from one of our online, uh, one of our online members. And she said, Pastor, can you please pray for me? And I said, well, of course. What's going on? She said, I feel so far from God because sometimes I slip up and say curse words. And I thought it was so cute because in her message, she spelt the word uh, S-H and then put an asterisk and the word T and B asterisk T-C-H, right? She's even asterisking, asterisking the word. I can't say that word very well. Obviously, maybe you can spell it out in the comments. Let me know how to pronounce it. Um, but she's trying to abbreviate even saying the word and she says, Am I going to hell for saying these words? And I thought to myself, I hope not. I'm not confessing anything there. That's between me and the Lord. Um, but somewhere along the way, she has learned that salvation equals not cursing. And I love, 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 love what Tulian Chavision says, the, grand, the grandson of Billy Graham. Tulian, who is a pastor in Florida at the Sanctuary Church, whom I simply adore his message, um, he has a book called Jesus Plus Nothing Equals Everything. And he has this idea that anytime we go Jesus plus something equals salvation, we've missed the point of the gospel. And it's true. Jesus plus not cursing equals salvation. Jesus plus walking down the aisle of a church for salvation equals salvation. Jesus plus not committing adultery equals salvation. Jesus plus fill in the blank equals salvation. The truth is Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. The greatest illusion of your life, other than you're in control of anything, is that you have something to do with being saved. You couldn't even be saved unless he called you out of darkness. You couldn't be saved unless he pulled you up and gave you the opportunity to be born again. Now, that's, a, that's some good preaching. Can somebody say amen to that? Now, again, 
What I'm not advocating for here is loose or immoral living. In fact, if you're born again, you are being sanctified out of that. That means the process of cleansing. As Steve Harvey says, a lot of people got washed clean. He just got rinsed off. So some of us are in the really washed stage. Some of us are just still getting rinsed off, right? So again, I'm not advocating for immoral behavior. No way. But I also want to show you in the scripture what proper belief is as it relates to your salvation and God's love for your life. Now, Genesis 15, you go, man, that's way back for a salvation message. Hear me. Genesis 15, verses 1 through 6. Let me summarize for this. Abraham wanted a son, okay? Abraham wanted a son. God gave him a promise. I'm not only going to give you a son, I'm going to give you nations. In fact, go outside, look up at the sky, and count the stars, dude. And if you can count them, that's how many sons and daughters and children you're going to have. And he goes, it's innumerable. And we all know that God fulfilled his promise because God gave him the nation, the 12 tribes of Israel, right? And the whole world, Father Abraham had many sons. Right. You get it, right? Had many sons. I'm sorry, I can't keep going. So God fulfilled his promise. God did as he promised. Hear me. Because Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel. And Abraham believed God. That alone will preach for days. And Abraham believed God. So remember last week when I shared about the word believe in the Hebrew culture? Believe means to obey, to act, not merely to have a head knowledge. So verse 6, and he believed the Lord and the Lord counted his belief to him as righteousness. So let me put it like this. Believing is greater than morality, but believing is equal to righteousness. Believing is greater than morality, and believing is equal to righteousness. Did you see that? His belief in God was counted as righteousness. In other words, how Abraham believed made him righteous in the eyes of God. But pastor, if believing means doing, acting, and behaving, well, I can never measure up to that. I can never obey enough to be made righteous, and you are 100% correct. So doesn't it seem to be a contradiction? Well, you would think so. But that's why God had a better plan. He had a better way. He had a better message. In fact, when God wanted to save the world, he didn't send rules. He sent a baby. When God wanted to save the world, he didn't send morality. He sent a man. The man called Jesus. Paul, who was one of the biggest writers of the New Testament, told the church uh, at Corinth, this, the location called Corinth, he, in his second letter that he had written to that church, there's a chapter in there, uh, chapter 5, verses 16 through 21, and I'm going to read that to you, the verses on your screen as well, okay? From now on, in other words, no matter what you've done before, from now on, he was giving them a delineation. From now on, what you've done in the past has not worked. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Can you imagine how powerful the church would be if we would stop treating people as though they are the flesh they are and start treating them as though they are the righteousness that they are? 
He said, from now on, in other words, y'all been really jacking it up over here. From now on, quit treating people like the sinners that they are. Stop regarding people according to the flesh. Even though we once walked, or though, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. In other words, he has been heightened. He has left the flesh because he's been glorified. And you go, but I hadn't been glorified. Oh, my friend, you have. Watch this. How do we know that? Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone, that you're anyone, I'm anyone, is in Christ. If you believe in Jesus, you are in Christ. He is a new creation, not an improved one. You are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Y'all stay with me right here. Don't, don't leave just because we're reading the Bible. For some of you, this is the most Bible you'll get in a month. Stay right here, okay? All this from God, who through Christ reconciled us unto himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So not only did he reconcile us, he expected us to go reconcile others. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. That's in your Bible. If you're a King James Version only, that's still in your Bible. Right? He's not counting anything against us. And, in, and entrusting to us a message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Here we go. Here it is. Verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Talking of Jesus. So that in him, we, we, somebody capitalized the word we in the comments. We, might become the righteousness of God. So our believing equals our righteousness. Now, let me go back through this real quick. Verse 16 says to regard no one according to the flesh. In other words, quit treating people the way you hate being treated. You are new, not improved. Verse 17 he does not count anything against you. Do you hear me, my friend? Even my friend that has a problem with cursing. He does not count anything against you, sis. Verse 19. And you go, but pastor, when you say that to people, it just tells people they can keep on cussing and keep on acting like that, and that also means you keep your judgmental attitude. Maybe somebody should drop a little bomb emoji in the comments. Can you just leave other people alone and let God work out their mess? According to the scripture in verse 20, you're now a spokesperson, an ambassador of the gospel. According to verse 21, you are righteous because of Jesus, not because of your morality. So in your believing, in your believing, are you believing a lie that your morality, your good works, your right living makes you accepted by God? If so, I can promise you this, the joy of salvation is being sucked out of your life. Because you will never, ever, ever measure up with that kind of thinking. Jesus would say to us, lean on, depend on, believe in, and remain in me, and you will be fulfilled. He alone makes you righteous. I want to leave you with a statement that might stretch your theology or the way you view God. 
For those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, I want to drop this for you, okay? You are in your present condition as righteous today as you will be when you meet Jesus face to face. But Matt, I'm addicted. Matt, I'm having an affair. Matt, I'm an abuser. I abandoned my family, dude. I have a child pornography problem, bro. Um, I sell drugs to kids, dude. I hate my wife, bro. My husband makes me sick, dude. Do you need me to keep going? Because this is really the way we start thinking when we hear somebody tell us we're righteous. Can I ask you this? Why does it bother you so much when somebody tells you how good you really are? Why do you get uncomfortable with that? I have some men in my life and I will often say stuff like this to them. I want you to know that you're a good man. And here's the thing, I know their personal struggles. And every time I do that, they get so uncomfortable, they'll start squirming, they go, man, Matt, dude, no, I'm not, bro. You don't have to say that. And they don't understand that I'm not saying that. The gospel has said that. I'm just repeating what I heard the Father say. You are very good. And here's what I can tell you. Oh, actually, let me, let me ask it like this. Has people telling you how pathetic and awful you are ever delivered you? Has it ever made it easier on you when somebody shames you to hell and back? So if that's not working, why are we still trying that formula? The state of Tennessee several years ago put people in orange vests that says, I am an alcoholic or I'm a drunk driver. And the headline is, Tennessee tries to shame DUI uh, people who've been driving dr drunk, they tried to shame them into rehabilitation. Let me tell you something about shame. Shame is of the devil. Shame is from hell. And shame will keep you in the same bondage that you're in right now. That's why you need someone to tell you you are as righteous today as you will be when you get to heaven. You are still good. There is goodness in you. The goodness of God lives in you. And today you're not watching this by mistake. I'm reminding you that no matter what it you're in. It may be the muddiest, the lowest, the dirtiest crap you've ever experienced in your life. God is not against you. He is for you. And if you believe in him, you're righteous. But what do I do with my flesh, Matt? What do I do with my continued behavior? Continue to surrender that to Jesus. Continue to take that to him and say, it's me again, Margaret. He's not surprised by it. He's not caught off guard by it. He's not even offended by it. He wants to deliver you from it. So today, what lie are you believing about yourself? And if it's you are unrighteous, that is a lie. If it is my morality is good, it's a lie. Your belief system in Jesus is your only hope. 
We are going to do what Abraham says, and it's reiterated in Romans 3, 4, 5, and 6. We believe unto righteousness. You believe yourself into righteousness. You do not behave yourself into righteousness.